Welcome to Lift Up Nations. I'm Rob Leach, and today's episode is Hannah Krotz's testimony. Hello, Hannah. Hey there. How are you today? I am fantastic. How are you? Good. Um, so, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, why you came on to do a testimony. Okay. I am 29. I grew up in uh, the Ozarks in Arkansas, so I was definitely a mountain kid running around, probably with no shoes on. <laughs> and, yep. uh I grew up there, and I moved to Houston, Texas when I was 18. I lived there for seven years, um, did hair, makeup, um, DJ, you name it. <laughs> I probably did. Um, and then I ended up moving up here to Delaware, and I stayed um, since 2019. I've been here and um, actually work in a hearing aid industry now. And that's been, I mean, I can definitely say, this whole journey, starting from when I left Houston to here, has just been um, absolutely guided by the hand of God, for sure, um, in just amazing ways that I can't explain except through a testimony, and I'm just super excited and, and feel blessed, you know, and honored that I get to be on here and do this with you. Oh, thank yeah. you. That means yeah. a lot. So I'll ask you my first question. Sure. What did your life look like before you knew Jesus? Let's see. So that was kind of a tricky one because I did actually um, come to know Jesus as a kid. I did get saved. I mean, I, like I can honestly say I did get saved at eight. Um, I guess I can say um, I can better answer a question that's what was your life like without Jesus? Um, because you can definitely start off having a relationship with him and life is just life's a whole journey and I've definitely done parts of my life where I should have clung to him um but I mean God is a loving parent you know and he will let you he'll watch you but um he'll let you learn things in the best way and that's through experience and um I'm just grateful that he let me grow as a person i'm i'm grateful that he let me stumble and fall sometimes and um it made me reach for him again to help me get back up so um, i'm grateful for that so when you were so what the best thing to do is probably go back to when you were a child yeah and start there and see where um god was in and out of your life mm -hmm. and till you actually became like hey this is the point in time that I was actually, you know, mm -hmm. I, I know who he is. I want to be closer to him. Yeah, they're definitely um, very distinct points. Like I can, um, I was actually thinking about this last night. I was just thinking about, you know, reflecting on this whole, um, I mean, it is a spiritual journey. You know, I, I know that spiritual is one of those kind of taboo, use it how you want it kind of words anymore, but um it, it has been a whole faith journey, yeah. And um, they, it has its checkpoints and everything. Um, I can definitely start at the beginning if you'd like. Yeah, that'd sure. be great. Awesome. So I have a huge thank you to give to my mom. Um, and when I tell her this, because we had this conversation the other day, when I say, you know, you really planted a seed in my life to have a relationship with Jesus, to really know who he truly is, um, yeah, I told her, thank you so much for that, because I'm realizing not everybody grows up that way. And 
especially growing up down south, I kind of had the feeling everybody did. Um, but I, I mean, I gave a Bible to a friend the other day, and he just said, oh, my gosh, I've never had one of these of my own. And I really just, it, it really did open my eyes. Like, not everybody gets that kind of blessing of their mom, you know, or their parent or somebody, you know, surrounding them with, um, I guess, the truth of who Jesus is um, mm-hmm. and making it so accessible to learn more about him and, and have a relationship with him. Um, but when I tell her that, she says, well, it's my mom, you know, so I guess my grandma, you know, planted that seed in her and then from my mom to me. Uh, mom was my Sunday school teacher, and that was because the church we went to um, didn't have a Sunday school for children. And so she started that. I mean, she I remember helping her decorate the room as a little kid. I don't know how much help actually was, but I remember her, um, the different churches that we went to. My dad did travel with work. Um, she would be getting right in there and helping with the kids. Um, so, yeah, I grew up with um, the, the Bible stories. And, you know, Noah's Ark and um, the the loaves and fishes and, of course, you know, the nativity story. And um, it's interesting what those stories do for you as a kid and then what they do for you as when you have an adult relationship and walk with Christ. It's They take on so many more layers of depth. It's so cool. Um, but, yeah, it started out, you know, as a kid, I grew up that way. Um, I went to church camp and I remember being there one summer and really truly feeling the spirit and um, of course you know I had read about the Holy Spirit and you know you know of God the Father and you see you know pictures of Jesus you know when you're a kid and um, you read about the Holy Spirit but you don't really understand until you encounter the Spirit because how do you you just have to experience the Holy Spirit yourself. It's not something you can really truly describe enough where somebody can get it. You know. Um, so yeah, one summer when I was at camp, I was, um, you know, it was towards the end of service. We're praying. There's the invitation to, you know, um, call it a, an altar call. I really feel like a, <laughs> you know, down south Baptist kid <laughs> when yeah. I say that. But yep. um, it's true. It's just a point at you know, the end of a sermon when there's an invitation to come up and pray and, and to declare that you are giving your life to Christ to lead you, to guide you, to save you and give you the path to walk. Um, I did that at camp, but um, when I went back home, I really, I was eight, but I was thinking this way. I was thinking um, I want to make sure that wasn't just something I encountered there. You know, I had friends that were going up there. I want to make sure it wasn't like, um, what is it, osmosis, where yeah. it's, you know, rubbing off on you. Yeah. I wanted to know that that was a legitimate experience, that um, I really encountered something beyond me, but kind of within me, too. And um, the song that had played there at camp was Amazing Grace. And it's just something how the words were just kind of like flowing into my heart and kind of grabbing at it, you know, like a, think of like a fish hook with a string on it and just kind of like hooked in, like tugging on it. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, the next week I was back home at this little country church we were going to um, that I'd been going to for years, you know, with my parents. And um, they played that at the end of the sermon. And I just felt that like flood of 
the way that I explain the spirit when I feel it is just overwhelming love. It's just like showered over you. Your heart's overflowing. You feel surrounded in it. It's just this pure out of this world love, you know. And I felt that. I felt that like tugging at my heart again. I don't remember even really like walking up to the front. It was like I just something just yanked me up there. Um, but I did. I went up there, and um, in, in our church, you had to be 12 before you could actually, because they don't want to force anything on you. They wanted it to be a legitimate decision that you made, you know, based on you really do believe, and they weren't forceful about it at all. Um, well, that's good. Yeah, as I know some places it can be, you know. Um, but yeah, I did uh, go back up there and really did dedicate my life to Christ. Um, and, you know, when you're a kid and you aren't really encountering the world and all it brings, um, it, it was a lot easier to walk with Christ at that time. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you get older and you start to encounter um, I don't ever really remember deciding to walk away. I never fully walked away from my faith. Um, I don't think, and, and I, I see that we are getting better as as a church. And, you know, when I say a church, I don't mean like specifically ours. I mean as a whole, with, you know, a body of, of believers everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think we are getting better at, continuing not just plant the seed with you know children but continuing to lead them through young adulthood continuing that relationship with Christ um I don't think I really had that and that's not that that's anybody else's fault it just was how it was um my parents also split uh whenever I was 15 and um at that point we started going to we had the idea that we'd start going to different churches, but it just ended up where we weren't. Um, I think we tried a couple of different ones. Um, and honestly, leaving that church, I don't I, I don't want to say, oh, I'm so glad we got out of there. I don't mean it like that. I mean, I definitely got saved there. It was a, a little community church, and I mean, that's what church is. It's a community among believers. Um, but I know I definitely started getting a little push away um, because, it, I mean, I will say with it being the Bible Belt, you do run into kind of um, a little more harsh kind of Christianity. And it, it, feel, it felt conflicting because here I was so, you know, the love of Christ, um, not a, oh, we just accept everything and, you know, pat on the back of thing i mean you do want god to come into your life and and show you the right way um but it's hard to go from knowing jesus is that way and then to all of a sudden you've got the preachers running up and down the aisle and they're yelling and hellfire and brimstone and all that stuff and and that's just kind of as i got older that's what i was seeing and so it's not hearing one thing all of a sudden it's changing and you don't, there's not a good in-between. And here as a teenager, you're looking for um, somebody to meet you where you are or, 
you know, the different emotions and um, trials of life at that time, you know, questions. And, and you should be allowed to question. There was kind of a sense at that time of like, oh, you don't talk about that. You don't ask about that. You don't, you know. And I think we are getting better about having, you know, things like young life and um, meeting teens where they are. And uh, just showing them that God loves you at this phase too, where you kind of don't feel lovable and you feel weird and you don't know what's going on with your emotions and your body and all that stuff. It's like God is still with you the whole way. Um, at 16, I started working, um, and there was a lady that I worked with that went to more of a contemporary church. And I kind of felt that tugging in my heart again, like I wanted to go. I was feeling kind of weird about church because obviously I just kind of got in a weird taste after experiencing that. Um, and the evangelistic type, yeah, type the evangelistic church. and not addressing issues with a, a heart posture that's like Christ. I'm not saying, you know, just everything's okay, you know, just permit absolutely everything because then we would have chaos, mm-hmm. you know. I'm not saying that, but um, to be sitting there and, and knowing, you know, family and friends that you love dearly and, and we're told to not judge them, but then you, you're sitting there and you hear all this hellfire and brimstone and I heard a lot of Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, and all of a sudden I'm like, there's there's a way to handle these things and it's, I think instead of ministering to somebody's heart and healing in that way, you're kind of just making us look judgmental and hateful (laughs) and pushing people away who really need, um, you know, they're searching for relationship and this to fill this hole in their hearts, this void. And we're not doing that, you know. At that, at that time, I didn't. I felt like we were just very contrary to what I was reading in the Bible. And I will say, um, as I got into my teen years, I, I wasn't reading as much. Um, again, life was just happening. You know, school, um, working, parents splitting up. That was a whole weird thing. Um, actually, yeah, my first boyfriend ever was through high school, and um, he was. Uh, he was very abusive. <laughs> um, I was get right to it he was it was just not um i hate saying that anybody's just not a good person because i do believe people do have good aspects within them and and i'm hoping i think he did have a change of heart later on um cause he did reach out to me as, as an adult um but yeah there's just a lot of abuse going on there too um and i did hit a very just low broken point at um i want to say it was 15 and I just, I, I was kind of feeling um, just a worthlessness from that. Uh, my parents, if my mom listens to this, I'm, I, you know, she did a wonderful job being a mom. And, and trying to navigate through that whole season, that's not easy either. Um, and you know what, she did it very gracefully. I, I get hats off to her. She, she did really well. Um, and she was dealing with her own yeah, stuff too. So absolutely. And, and that happened really, to help you. Yes. And that, that made me really see my parents as people, you know, you see them as mom and dad, but then when you arrive at an age where you're like, they are just trying to do their best in this life too. And I have to give more grace. I can't be holding them to a standard that's ridiculous. You know, there's people, flawed people like me. Um, 
but yeah, I didn't feel um, as connected with her or my dad at that time either. So um, I definitely didn't feel like I could go to them about what was happening in my relationship. Um, because, you know, you end up being scared to say anything that it's going to get worse. Um, but yeah, I really, I, I had a point. I, I'm not going to say that I had suicidal thoughts. I wasn't at that point. Um, but I definitely hit a point where I was like, I'm okay if I don't wake up tomorrow. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. And I just remember having this feeling of, God, I knew you as a kid. I, I, I feel kind of skeptical about the church now. Um, but what I experienced with you is real. I can't discount that. I, I, that would be like saying, you know, I think, if I think of someone that I've loved deeply and I've felt loved by them, to say that that wasn't real would be like acting like I've never met them. You know, I, I can't deny that relationship once it's been had. And, and so I knew, I was like, God, if you are still there in the way that you were there for me as a kid, just throw me some kind of life preserver because I'm drowning. I can't, I'd, I can't do this on my own, and I feel like all I have is, is my own skin right now. And uh, I thought, God is God can with this. And for me, the only way I really knew of at the time, I mean, God communicates all kinds of ways now that I'm open into listening and looking for him. Um, but what I knew of immediately at the time was the Bible. And so I looked over my bookshelf. I had a dusty rainbow Bible. And I just let it flop open. I was never good at, like, understanding scripture or knowing where to go in this whole bound library, basically. Um, and I let it flop open, and it fell to Matthew 18, 12. as the parable of lost sheep and how he'll leave the 99 to one. Um, sorry, I'm just, like, remembering all the emotions I had at that time. Um, there's a lot of pain, but it's, it's organic, genuine. I am broken. I need help. Um, and I remember, you know, reading that, because I was just thinking, do you see me? Are you there? Or are you somebody I was just told about? You know, like a distant relative. Um, and now when I read that, it's like, you know, he can have all of these other people in the world he's looking after, but he sees me, he's not forgotten me, and he, he'll come back for me, and so, yeah, I, and at that point, I thought, I really want to understand more of this book, and it's interesting how, you know, he can really make things clear to you when it's time, and I can say at that time, it wasn't yet, I mean, and it, it will be later on in the story, but, uh, yeah, it, it did get me prompted, though, to start looking at, um, Christianity in a more okay so this is something that isn't just for kids it continues on you know um, the relationship is there and so I did kind of start branching out to different books like I, I think at the time someone gave me um, Blue Like Jazz by Donald Miller and you know I was reading about his story um, which is interesting it actually starts off with him being a kid in Houston and he's talking about like the optimism in the air when it's October and it's that's true because it's hot all the time. So when it gets a little bit chillier in October, you're like, oh. um, But, yeah, I remember reading that at this point about 16 or 17 and just finding comfort in knowing, like, okay, there's people in college that are talking about God and, and still, you know, reading their Bible. And it can come to you on that kind of level. Um, 
I got out of school um, and, and at the point of graduation, that was just, I mean, you do, you have this very liberating feeling. You are like the world as my oyster. I'm on the edge of just life beginning when you're about to graduate. And um, it, it gave me a boost to finally get the courage to break up with my abuser. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I know I should have a long time before that, but you just get so scared. <laughs> and and um, I finally just had a point where I was like, I, I fought back one time and I was like, as enough, I, I'm not, I can't go through this anymore. And it did take, um, you know, kind of hiding a little bit. Um, I knew shortly after I graduated, I moved to Houston. Uh, my mom had moved out there. She's seen my stepdad, which, I mean, I'm so grateful for that man <laughs> because he started dating my mom. They did long distance while I was finishing school. And it really showed me um, what a relationship looks like when people aren't just kind of cohabitating, but they are really wanting to grow in their relationship together. And, you know, they pray together and... and include God in their relationship. And, you know, it's, it's funny how it is like a triangle. You know, you put God at the top, and the two people in the bottom corners, they, the closer they get to God, the closer they get to each other. Um, but, yeah, I saw that. And, um, you know, she had moved out there. I was going to go to college, U of A. I went there to visit her, and I said, oh, no, I want to get out of this small town and go to the city, and it's just so much more exciting here. So I did. Um and at that point, I will say in my faith journey, I was hitting that point of questions, you know. Um, and I, I appreciate that as a kid, I was encouraged to ask questions. And I think for my mom, it's because she knew, like, you're still going to find truth at the end of it, you know. Um, so she did take me to the library, and here I am getting books on um, I mean, I was getting down to the nitty-gritty of where do we come from. Like, I'm looking at atoms and metaphysics and all of the stuff and I, I remember bringing home different books on um just meditation and um not just meditation but um also um oh what was it different types of um not different types of faith but I, I guess getting more into like uh our existence of like what it means like your vibration and stuff like that um i wouldn't go as far as into like the new age kind of stuff i I wasn't off in that i was just kind of looking at like the scientific makeup of living um yeah there's low vibrational and high vibrational people so that's 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 been proven so Mm -hmm. that that was kind of what i was looking into at that time um so i was trying to figure out like how is that all you know, the interesting thing I will say to kind of set the tone for the rest of this journey is, um, you know, I had that early encounter with Jesus, and that was always there. I mean, like I said, once you know him, you can't unknow him. It's, I know people have deconstructed their faith and walked away and all that stuff, but again, once you know him, you can't unknow him. So, I mean, people can go on about their journey with that however they want to, but I can't imagine encountering him and then acting like I it didn't or it wasn't real I mean I I don't know everybody's experience but like I just I can't imagine that um 
So yeah, at this point, I'm trying to see how that all fits together. And for me, it was like a kid that you are, you know, you watch a kid play. And as the parent, you're watching them, keep an eye on them, just they're close. Then they kind of start to wander a little bit. And they look back to see if you're still looking. And then they go a little bit further. And they kind of look back again. And then they go a little bit further. And I hit a point where they don't see you anymore. And they freak out. And they can run it back. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, that's scary, isn't it? But, you know, you love them. But sometimes love is tough love. And you let them learn. That's kind of how my journey was there. And so, um, you know, like I was looking at like, the scientific base in life. And um, life went on a little bit. I think about 22, um, 23-ish. I um, was looking into, I had a friend that was taking a humanities class about um, world religions. And when I homeschooled as you know, a little kid, I just did it for a few years traveling with dad's work. Um, I remember feeling that spark of, I don't know about you, but for me, whenever I have something that like really piques my interest and I'm just crazy about it. And then I start researching it like crazy. It's like a spark, like, oh, Oh, this is cool. I am really into this all of a sudden. Um, World religions was that way for me when I was a kid. When I started hearing about the first three, I think I was reading about and researching, it was Christianity, Judaism, um, and Hinduism. And, you know, my mom gave me just enough to be like, there's different cultures in the world. We love all people. There you go. Um, But it wasn't enough as into like, okay, I'm encouraging you to worship these things. It wasn't like that. It was just exposing me to this is you know other people's cultures too we all exist together um but yeah as you know i was hitting about 23 or so i'm looking at this um world religions class and i'm seeing okay a lot of the common themes of like be a good person and love one another and the things that you learn from christ's teachings and i was kind of like okay well this makes sense you know this eastern religions makes sense this native american stuff makes sense um you know these other things make sense and i was like how do these all connect though like what what and two where is jesus in all this like where does this all fit and so um i also was coming into um the music festival dance scene rave i guess scene which is funny because um I started off by saying the music festival dance music scene because um, if you go straight into saying the rave scene, I mean, people around my parents' generation go, oh, God, drugs. (laughs) And um, I will say, I mean, I have friends that I met at this time in my life that we were, um, I don't know if anybody else has seen uh, the movie Jesus Revolution. We were talking about that when I first got here. I love that movie so much because I feel like, I mean, this generation of people, um, we're like the second round of it. You know, we are just looking to connect with where we come from and what's beyond us. And and people are searching for, you know, sorry if I offend anybody, but they're searching for God. They want to connect with what's within them and beyond them and where do we come from? Why are we here? And especially, I think, in a time... And I know in my points of depression and creeping into like a darker section of it, I know I was wanting more answers to why. It's like, why am I even here? Why was I created? Why am I going through these things? 
And if you have a relationship with something that you can ask and get some answers back with that, that's, that's what people are searching for now, especially young people. I think that's why we are seeing such a rise in, and I can't, again, I feel like I have to do disclaimers. I can't speak for anybody else's um, experiences or their mental health or anything, but I have seen it help in so many of my friends' lives, and I can attest it has saved mine having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's pulled me out of some anxieties and depressive thoughts and stuff because it really, you know, his light and love helps to expose these false narratives that our mind has created, that, you know, the enemy has created, the devil's created, um, and, you know, even created through people, you know, because, again, we are not in a battle with, you know, flesh and blood with, with other people. It's the evil that is done through people. So... Um, we are just lost <laughs> sheep in search of a savior, honestly. Um, so that's why I have so many people, you know, young people that are really trying to reach God with all the wrong tools, <laughs> you know, and, um, I know for me at that time, I feel like I had just found my tribe. I mean, I found a group of people that was just so welcoming and loving and accepting and, you know, everybody just. You know, you wear what you want to wear to this stuff. And, you know, however much or however little you want to wear, you know, um, you just be who you want to be. Um, and it's just such a, you, you left all your stuff at the door. You left all your political stuff. You left all your um, just conflicting rights and wrongs. And you were just happy to be there and listen to the music and be with people. Um, and especially at the time I came along into it because Hurricane Harvey had just happened down there. And literally, I remember us getting together at the next event, and we were all just happy to be um, be there and be alive. We were happy to see our friends around us make it. And it was a time where, as, you know, as a community in that way, um, you know, people lost their homes, they lost all their clothes, they lost their car, they, and we were really coming together and helping each other in that way. Um, and it felt... I looked at that and was like, these are the things I grew up with. You know, the values I grew up with. These are the people that are actually walking them out and not the harsh, um, you know, hellfire and brimstone that I had heard from, you know, church growing up. And um, so, yeah, it, and there's a lot of new age and mysticism and, you know, the chakras and all that stuff there. So... I will say, uh, at that point in my life, I call it the spirituality buffet. You know, I, I kind of, um, you know, while still going a little deeper, but looking back, seeing if, if God was still there, you know, if, if Jesus was still there, um, and not forgetting him and all of that, um, I was kind of looking into each little thing. You know, looking in New Age, I was looking into um, Eastern, you know, Hindu and things like that, and trying to see... You know, I, I wouldn't call myself like a, what is it when it's a little bit of everything, a pantheist? Mm -hmm. Or you know, is it universalism or, you know, Unitarian or something like that? It might be universalism. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't go as far to say I was like that. But I was just like, well, we can't discount all these things because a lot of it's the same teaching. 
I was just so lost at that time. Um, but, you know, and I had other friends that, you know, were hanging out at each other's houses and talking about this stuff. And, you know, they had grown up going to Sunday school and hearing a lot of the same, you know, had the same upbringing. Or especially down there, there was a lot of people that, you know, they would say they're Christians, but um, they're kind of branching into these new age things, too. And they grew up Catholic. And so for them, they're like, it's all traditions and no relationship, no substance. So I'm kind of wandering away from that. And so we were all just so, like I said before, searching for God with all the wrong things. And um, I, I will say I never was like, I didn't experiment with drugs a lot. And for me, it was just like maybe a handful of times with like a couple of party things like Molly, you know. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm good. The, the, the crash is not worth the, the euphoric feeling that you get at first. It's just not, and it's, um, it's fleeting. It's not a real, um, it's not real. It's just a little quick experience. It's not, it's not everlasting. It's not everlasting. It's not sustainable now. Um, and for me, I really, from the beginning, I was there for the music and the community. I loved that. I wasn't ever really somebody who was like, Oh, I'm curious about trying drugs. For me, it was about, is this a tool for connecting with what's bigger than us? Um, and so I actually got more into the music to the point to where I was like, I knew I wanted to give the environment of being together and we're just happy to be there and love each other and dance and just be happy to be alive, you know. So I actually got into DJing um, a little bit before I was leaving, before I moved to Houston. I didn't know I was moving at the time not moved to Houston, I'm sorry, moved from there to here. Um, so it was about 2019, I would say the beginning of 2019. Um, I, you know, after getting more involved in the scene, like getting into, you know, I'm trying to get gigs. Um, I was engaged, and so, you know, to another DJ, that person's trying to get booked. And you kind of start seeing how competitive it can get, and even... <laughs> Between the two of you, you can get competitive. Um, it just, it can really kill the excitement you have about wanting to do that. It gets dramatic, and everybody knows everybody, and, you know, it, and two, I will say I have the worst stage fright. So I, lo I love mixing music and stuff like that, but I, I, anytime I did go and actually play a gig or a show or rave or something, I was thinking, oh, I just want to be done. I hate this. I hate being in front of people. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like, I hate it. So um, I remember coming to a point, though, where I started to look around and think of, am I surrounded by acquaintances or are these friends? And what is the difference? For me, I've always had a very, very small friend group because to me, there's a huge difference between being an acquaintance and being a friend. And um, I started getting this feeling and, and two just all the the mixed up concepts about faith and and who God is and you know her who I heard God was from being you know growing up the way I did and who I was hearing God was from this whole new agey you know crystal sage all that good stuff you know um I felt like I wasn't getting any answers you know and it just became this big bowl of opinions <laughs> to me and um I remember I started coming into this part at the at the end of 2018, um, the beginning of 2019, where 
um, I was just getting this feeling of like, come back to the wilderness, come back to the woods, come back to nature. And when we started, I said, I grew up in the Ozarks. I mean, we lived in the middle of nowhere. They're just, I went out my back door and us in the woods. Um, so I grew up so in nature and I totally took it for granted. At this point, I was feeling this tug to like come back to that, come back. And it was strange. It was like a whisper came in my heart. What? Um, and I just felt like I started kind of getting those, like, I guess you could say revelations, epiphanies, kind of uh, truths given to me where I was looking around and saying, you know, who are my real friends? What real relationships do I have here? Um, what can I look around and really see as truth? I think I was arriving at 26, and I was hitting the point in my life where I was like, my um, threshold for BS is just kind of <laughs> getting its max here. And I was just in a hungry for truth. I was like, give me some things that I can ground to because there's just so much speculation and, and fluff and where is this all going? And um, in a blessing, kind of, our house started falling apart. <laughs> we started getting leaks every time we'd like plug a leak. There's another one. The squirrels were like gnawing on stuff all over the house, and um, the the neighborhood was getting a little sketchy. You know, the city's kind of starting to come outward. And um, I was getting that pull of like come back to the wilderness, you know, come back to nature in the woods and all that. And um, you finally, my ex was at a point where he's like, you know, um, you know how we visited Delaware in summer last year because he was from here. Um, do you do you want you ever think about moving there? And I just said, you know, I'm really sick of the city. I could totally use a sweet, you know, safe little beach town like Lewis. I was like, yeah, let's, you know what, let's do it. I feel it. I the last gig that we played at, I remember looking around the room, and this was it had about like maybe 200 people were there. Um, not to see us. I don't mean like that. I mean just like in general, there were about that many people at the gig, and I remember looking around, I was like, I don't feel connected to a single, maybe two people. Two people here I actually feel connected to. And I'm like, this isn't home. And I'm like longing for something that feels like home. You know, Arkansas didn't feel like home. Houston didn't. I was just like, um, I need to be somewhere. I don't know where that's at. So anyway, when that all started to line up, I mean, we were both, he and I were both Christians. But we were kind of that like, I grew up this way. Now I don't know what I'm doing, but I, you know, identify as a Christian. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I said, do you want to like, I know that'd be kind of weird, but you want to like pray about it? <laughs> now I'm like, I pray about everything. But uh, he's like, yeah, I guess so. And the guy that was selling our house, um, wonderful man. He actually, when we were closing everything, he was like, do you want to pray about this? You know, and he was super just, I mean, the man walks with God, like has that kind of real relationship with him. And I remember praying with him and thinking, this feels like something from a long time ago that feels peaceful and comforting, feels real. And it was interesting how everything was lining up the way that is God, the way he does things. Um, he started making it to where, you know, we said, okay, we'll probably be here for a couple more months. You know, we put the house up for sale. We'll see what happens. Um, we went away to a folk fest, which was, I have to say, it was a nice refreshing change to everything we'd been going to. <laughs> And because uh, it was out in the woods and we're walking up and just playing acoustics and it was great. Um, but uh, we got a call while we were away that the house sold that weekend. 
And then we got another call that we'd be able to pick up the key the day that we had planned, originally planned to be here off the road. Wow. It was like ding, 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 all the things. Uh, so, yeah, we packed up, drove up here. And, I mean, and at that time I knew that was God. I was like, you cannot explain these things in the way they're going. And I got up here and I knew it's exactly what I needed. Um, and then COVID hit <laughs> the next year. Um but the really cool thing was I had lined it up to where I would have work when I got here. I wanted to, I, I left um, the whole beauty world doing hair and makeup. Um, I wanted to find something I could just transfer with so I'd have work ready. Um, and so I chose Starbucks. I was like, you know what, they do college classes too. So if I want to take something, I can. You know, sure, let's do it. It'll be fun. Um, and so I did. I transferred to one up here. And that was actually how I met Bert <laughs> and Josh. Um yeah yeah for anybody who is, is listening not familiar that's the pastors at our church um yeah I, I just remember being there and just you know you feel it off of somebody you feel the goodness just the um just this loving compassionate you know the, the love of christ hello i mean it just it we are a lamp it's inside us and it's just shining out you know so i remember one day i was in the drive-thru it was usually in the drive-thru and he came through, and I was like, you know, the Bert guy is just so nice. He's just so, just he's always in a really good mood. I don't know anybody who's in a good mood every day. You know, so you can tell he's just, he's just a great guy, you know? And they say, yeah, he's a pastor. I'm like, what? That is so different than, you know, pastors I knew up growing up to be. Um, and then Josh would come through, and like, yeah, he's a pastor. I'm like, really? You know, like the sleeve, a cool haircut. You know, I'm like, what? That's a, okay. Where do these guys preach at? And they said solid ground. Um, well, when COVID hit and we were at home, um, you know, throughout that time, I had been um, going on long hikes, really getting out in nature because I had the time to. What else was I doing? Um, and I really was out there hiking and just spending time with God. And, you know, I mean, at the time, I was definitely still <laughs> kind of a pothead. <laughs> so I'm out there um, just... You know, hiking is having, you know, wandering thoughts. Like, where does all this beauty come from? And and you can just see the intricate design and everything. And I'm like, okay. I've never had a point in my life where I questioned if there was a God. I've always known there is a God. And I finally hit a point where I was like, okay, God, look. I'll be honest. I, I encountered you as a kid. is Jesus. Um, but I've heard so many different things about you. Um, I want to just get to know who you are. It's me and you, one-on-one. I, I'm not going to be listening to um, podcasts. <laughs> I'm not going to be listening to podcasts or reading other books. And I'm just going to be spending time with prayer in you outside or meditating. Just me and you. Put on my heart. Connect with me however you do that. And uh, I'd pose these questions about life again. And I kept getting this, like, again, T, go read them. Go read it. This, and I was like, oh, come on, I can't read <laughs> It's like, it's so boring. I can't understand it. Uh, but I thought, you know what? You keep telling me to try. I'll try. Flipped it open. It, like, came alive. I mean, it all started to make sense. I mean, and, and sense in ways where the things that I felt conflicted over, um, I went, oh my gosh, this is not what 
it's saying at all. Like, I took it as, you know, maybe this is why these people are acting so judgmental and harsh and it's not loving and welcoming, you know. Um, But I'm reading this and it's not, oh, sin, a taboo, you know, people looking down their nose at you. I, I was reading and it made sense in a way of like, he loves us so much and he knows our purpose and potential and everything that he's telling us like in a family rules kind of way. You know, like, uh, you can't be out this late because, I mean, hey, nothing good happens after that time, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Um, and in the same way as your parent would do that, you know, he's giving you family rules of like, I love you so much. I do not recommend this for you. Actually, let's take it further. This is not for you. Um, you've always been my child. I love you very much. And I'm not going to make you love me back. But I'm giving you this gift. Um, actually, I already did, you know, but son died for you willingly died for you to pardon you of that if you you know believe in him um that he died to take that away from you but not just take away from you what you've already done but he already knows what you're gonna do you know he he knows you from here out and he still loves you and wants you he sees all of that and wants you for for you but it's also love you enough to guide you and and give you these are your boundaries (laughs) to live in and i'm a star wars nerd so i kind of put it in the context of like you're choosing to be a Jedi. You're choosing to take on this responsibility and this lifestyle. There's certain things that you are called to do, and there's certain things that you're told you can't do anymore. And it's just if you are choosing to take that gift, you're also choosing um, to commit yourself to this life and to walk that. And all those rules are made for you out of love. It's not to, um, as he didn't come to the world to convict the world, but or condemn the world, but mm-hmm. you know to save the world. And that's absolutely what it is. All those things started to make sense. And I saw where even in the times where it, it broke my heart in, in a good way, you know, because our hearts have to be broken down to be built up. As I started spending time in the, in the Word, I started seeing so much of real truth um, that was cutting through all the smoke and mirrors and stuff of everything that I had heard. I mean, from one far side to the other far side. It was cutting through all of that and bring me back to a center. And there's, you know, the beginning of Joshua. He says, don't look to the left and look to the right. Look at me. You know, focus, focus on me and I'll lead you where you should go. Um, and I am paraphrasing. I'm so bad at memorizing scripture. But that's, you know, he's, he's saying, don't look over here. Don't go there. Look at me. Um, focus on me. Yes. Yeah. Focus on me. And that was where I was at. And I became so just engrossed. And I would spend hours at a time reading the Bible and you know as I'm going through John and we can't go to church but I started seeing the importance of being in community with believers um, I remembered Bert and how they said he's a pastor and the church and I started watching on YouTube and we got to John I remember at the point of John you know it is Jesus' best friend he's telling us about just about him and the wonderful person he was and what it was like to walk with Jesus and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to actually spend time with him. And I remember, you know, um, I was in my kitchen that morning and it was just still in the house. I remember thinking that and just having this feeling, this flooding in the room feeling of just overwhelming love. Saying, I can't wait for that day too. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, is real? Like, we're actually interacts with you? Like, and I hadn't felt that since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, it's you. It is you. I mean, after going through all and learning and experiencing all these different faiths and stuff, it's you. And it's always been you. And I thought about how much, how much love he had for me that he let me go out and experience and try all these different things that he's like <laughs> very blatantly warning me against. Um, that he still watched me and ended up uh, shepherding me back. You know, he went back for the lost sheep. Never left. And, um, yeah, from, from then on, I absolutely, you know, devoted my life. So, yeah, I, I, I can't ever say what my life was without, or, you know, or what my life was like before I knew Christ. But I could definitely attest to what it was like doing life without him. And I just, you know can imagine I would never want to do it without him again. So what did your life look like after all that and you actually were like Mm -hmm. just recently? Yeah. Um, So that happened in 2020. So let's see. The last three years have really been um, my journey in having an adult um, understanding, you know, relationship with God. Um, you know, as a Christian. And um, I would say it started at the, the the root of what that is. I mean, how, you know, praying, spending time one-on-one with God and in the Word. And that gave me a metric for what kind of church to look for because I knew, okay, I've had um, bad experiences at all different kinds, um, and I've had some really good experiences too. And so, you know, we have to use the Word as a metric for everything. Um especially when it comes to faith and so I was using that as you know what kind of church do I want to find I want to find a church who does it like how it says in here um so that was how I ended up finding solid ground um there was a lot of like inner cleanup though that was happening um I had a lot of you know when you start spending time with God and he starts to illuminate all different things in your heart and in your past and in your in your mind I mean that, um, you know, we're talking about deconstructing your faith. Um, when you talk about reconstructing your faith, oh, my gosh, it's um, it's built up so much stronger. Oh, my gosh. But it took time. It took researching um, scripture, and you get such a deeper understanding when you take the time. Um, I will say, I mean, this is for anybody, if you're, questioning about reaching out to God or like I don't know I don't even know what step to take I will say this God knows your heart and it even says so many times in the Bible I I am really bad at pointing to where it says it but I just know um I've read so many times where Jesus is all about your heart if if you're doing what you're doing in earnest you know if you have that integrity of you know truth that you are really seeking him you really want to know him it's like in this way if you said you know what, I just think you're so interesting. I, you know, I would really like to bond with you more. Let's meet up and have coffee. I mean, I will know if you're saying, yeah, let's get together sometime, and, and you don't really mean it. I'm not going to go sit at the coffee shop and wait for you if I can tell you're not saying it in earnest. I'm going to go on with my business and probably hang out with people I know who mean it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but if you are saying, you know what, I would love to get to know you better and to connect with you better, um, 
would you meet up with me at this place at this time? And let's just, you know, we'll put our phones away and we'll just spend time getting to know each other. Oh, heck, yeah, I'm probably going to get there early because I'm so excited to hang out with you and to talk with you. He's the same way. And he will meet you wherever you're at if you really, truly want to get to know him. Absolutely. And so that was a lot of my time was spent doing that. I will say I never had, um, I guess, Tim, I wasn't like super tempted with the whole, like I said, experimentation with drugs or anything. Um, I did have like a lot of my friends at that time who were seeking God. We had that misconception of those are tools that help you um, connect with God better. Because we were told, oh, it opens your mind and it takes down like the, you know, framework of just this reality and it helps you get to the next, you know. Oh, my gosh. Um, I do have one experience. <laughs> it's a kind of, it's, it's a little out there. Um, it's very similar, though, to um, other, you know, friends of mine who rededicated their life to Christ. Um, friends of mine, uh, you know, other interviews I've listened to with people who rededicated their life to Christ, um, who never tried but then after rededicating their life tried psychedelics or if they had dabbled with them before and then you know with that um you know good intention i guess they they tried it after rededicating their life or you know tried to do it again and they definitely got a very strong parenting side of god of like no this is not for you this is no no if if you want to connect with me talk to me pray to me talk to me spend time with me this is not the way I definitely got that hard. Um, after, you know, rededicating my life and everything, I went to a music festival, the last one of 2020, before COVID hit. Um, I went, and I remember thinking, okay, um, you know, let me trip, let me try LSD. And, um, you know, as a, at that time, I was still kind of getting to know God. I hadn't like fully like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I didn't feel like, oh, I'm back in because I didn't think I'd ever left really. It was just, it wasn't a strong, strong connection like when I was a kid. Um, so yeah, I had gone to this music festival going into it thinking I'm going to do this to see if this is, I'm looking for that spiritual experience. And, um, it was a three day thing. And each of those three days I, I did um, the first day was just weird, you know, it was just the weird moving, um, you know, patterns and stuff like that, but I didn't really see any, like, and I didn't hallucinate, like, beings or anything like that. It was just like, this is weird. Mm, maybe I'm just getting used to it. Second day, I tried it again, and I, I did have this experience of, you know, I was, I was praying deeply at that at that time i remember being at this it was a beautiful day i was at um i was actually watching sublime um and i just saw you know you see like the sun particles and everything and just seeing the trees and i thought it's beautiful creation i'm so glad to be part of this you know god do you see me like i did this to connect with you you know and i did get this you know this your hannah christine your name who you, because I said, tell me, you know, who I am. I don't know who I am at this point. Like, and I, I did get this, you are Hannah Christine. Your your mom named you with this intent of you know, Hannah, grace, or, you know, undeserved kindness when we look at what grace means. 
and Christine, you know, Christ like, and it was like, be that, be, you know, the grace of Christ to people. That's why you're here, you know? Um, so I, I felt like I had gotten that, like, oh my gosh, you, you see me, you know who I am. Okay. That helps me know who I am. Um, I'm going to look to you for that. The third day though, I came back and, um, that was like the lesson of lessons. Um, I said, okay, is this how we keep connecting with you? Is, is this how you want us to um, get? <laughs> the, the Bible even says this, uh, deeper truths from you. And it's like, they. I think it's in Revelation, it's saying they call it um, deeper truths. And really, it's deeper deceptions. And, you know, I read that after this whole experience. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. It was so scary. Thank you for having my back, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I threw that out there. I was like, is this? And just seeing how everybody's just kind of drinking and partying and just having a good time. And I'm like, is this what it's about? Is like trying to, you know, go down this full psychedelic path to kind of get closer to you and just enjoying all of these gifts that you gave us around us, this beautiful world, environment that you put us in. Is this all about just being happy and grateful and wanting to connect with you more? And I really felt this like, I'll show you what it's all about. That you better buckle up because if, if you want deeper knowledge and truth, you're going to get it. And I was like, I don't feel good about this. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with this painting. It's by um, Hieronymus Bosch. And it's a triptych. It's a triptych, hello. Um, but it's, it's a triptych. It looks like um, when you have a presentation board and there's two panels, but then you open it up to make three. You've got a, a narrow one of, a bigger main point panel and then a skinny one on the side too. Um, the first is the whole thing is called the garden of earthly delights. And I had seen this in that, um, uh, world religions course I took, I started seeing like, um, religious Renaissance art. Um, but then there was other stuff too, like native American art, blah, blah, uh, just variety of things. Um, but I, that stuck in my mind. The first panel is God in the garden of Eden, and um, you know, it was Adam and Eve, and everything's lush and beautiful. The second panel is um, just, <laughs> it's still beautiful, and it's its still just gorgeous, you know, trees and everything, um, fountains and all that, but I mean, it's like <laughs> a big raging party in the middle. It's, um, you know, there's just all of the, you know, what's stated to us as the sins going on there. There's just um, people just constantly eating, sex, and just nudity everywhere and people with everybody and it's it's just a whole big it just looks like a big raging party nuts and then the, the third panel is hell and it's showing people being tortured and devoured by the same things that they were just overcome with pleasure with in the last panel i started seeing that um come to life around me <laughs> so i had looked out and i was you know looking at the trees swaying and everything the day before the beauty of it and then I started to see just kind of the, the people around me. It wasn't just people dancing and grooving. It started into turning, kind of morphing into what the painting looked like. I mean, it was just people looking, you know, just like a wild partying thing. And I just remember looking at it going, this doesn't even look fun. This just looks like debauchery. Like, this is insane. Um, I feel like a disgust with it. Not at them, but just kind of like at myself and the whole scene. Um, 
and thinking, this is just wild. This is out there. And um, then we, were, we walked on to the next stage, and it was getting dark. And, um, and it was just it, like you could tell we were kind of going deeper into this whole experience because I was get, as it was getting dark out. I started to look around and it started morphing into the third panel. It started getting dark and where it just seemed like people were kind of disappearing into the things that they were doing, you know? Um, and, and of course, I mean, yeah, I, I will say, you know, people go to festivals and then they don't, some of them don't drink, don't do drugs. They're really just there to, to dance and enjoy the music. Cool. Um, but I was seeing what happens when you're doing the things that he warns you not to do out of love for you. Um, so yeah, when it went dark and it started getting dark as in like twisted in the third panel, um, and night was falling, I actually had kind of a Saul experience. Like I went blind. <laughs> I couldn't not like it was black darkness blind, but I mean, I couldn't see it. I couldn't see a hand in front of me. It was, everything was blurred. Like some like scales on my eyes. And I, I was hanging on to my fiance's arm at the time. And, and I said, you're going to have to lead me around because I can't see. Like, don't let go of me because I can't, I can't see in front of me. I can't walk. I don't, I don't know where I am. And I just had, um, I had a bandana on from just the heat of the day, you know, sweating and everything. So I had it around my neck. I had to, to pull it up over, you know, up to my eyes at one point because I was overcome with weeping and sorrow and just this lack of all of the good emotions there was no hope there's no peace there's no um just faith in anything it was just this helpless just overcome with sorrow and weeping and just pain and just anguish of emotion and loss i mean you'd have thought like my whole family died i was just how overcome with grief i was um and, but I'm trying to, like, look normal, you know, because I know there's people around. So I'm, like, I have this bandana on, like, quietly, like, sobbing. Um, and everywhere that we went, it was, like, I couldn't really hear. I knew there was music going on, but I couldn't hear it. There was, like, no joy that could come into my senses at all. And, um, you know, and, and when you trip, it goes on for hours. And so I'm just going through about eight hours of this hell. And... It's true that there is this chasm when you're in hell that separates us from God. You know, God is, is all that is good. He can't be around sin. He can't be around evil. And, you know, he gives you every chance that you can't. You know, he's not going to make you love him, but he's going to give you so many chances to turn away from the things that he says are not good for you and that will destroy you. And... Once you're there, you're there. And, you know, he loves you. It's not that he doesn't love you, but that's that's where you're at now. There's a separation. And um, I remember we had walked away from the stages, and I finally, the sight came back, but it was, I just regained my sight enough to look up at the moon and see how far it was. And I just felt this huge gap between me and um, I felt like God was just out there beyond like, but so far beyond that I was like, hey, he's not, he's not going to reach for me anymore. And I can't reach for him as much as I want to. He, he can't hear me. <laughs> um, and so there's just that hopelessness on top of the grief and then the guilt and the kicking yourself for 
just you ending up where you're at because it was your responsibility. You can't be mad at God. You can't say, oh, you know, that it's he's too strict. He's too, it's, no, if you're there, it's by your own doing. He didn't want that. For, he doesn't want that for anybody. And, you know, his heart hurts at knowing that, you know, some of his children aren't going to come to him. They're going to choose that. And um, I just remember having that, that looking up and thinking, please don't turn your face from me. Don't turn away from me. Don't, don't leave me. And we don't realize, and I'm sorry if I'm going to get, like, in your business. I'm so sorry. But anybody listening who doesn't believe, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you don't know how surrounded by the presence of God you are until that presence is gone. And I mean, whether you believe him or not, he surrounds you in his love and his presence. He's there. Um, and I didn't realize, you know, as a believer even, I did not realize how around me he is until he wasn't. And there's just this great void. And, you know, I know we get a lot of imagery of what hell looks like. Um, but, I mean, hell is separation from God. It, it is that space void of God. And that's what that was. It was just void of him. So, of course, I, you know, I'm not, not literally crying out out loud at all these people around, but in my heart and everything, I'm looking up and I'm like, I get it. This is not what it's about. This is not how we come to you. This is smoke and mirrors. And, and you let me see this and experience this. You know, this is not the way to you. This is a deception. This is trickery. This is, you know, masquerading as an angel of light to trick and deceive us. Absolutely. You know, whereas... Coming and having a relation with him is just a free, so freely given. So, yeah, that was, um, there's another guy, uh, Josh Zatkoff. I was watching his interview, and he, you know, tried psychedelics again after coming to Christ. And, I mean, he had a whole experience about being in heavenly court. And, you know, these demons, it says the devil is the accuser. Um, these demons are presenting a case against him to God, saying, yeah, you say this is one of yours, and he's evangelizing for you. But he's taking food off of our table because he was taking mushrooms. He's like, so, the, you know, he's, he's taking food from our table like he's going to commune with us. But he says he's on your team. What are you going to do about it? And, you know, Jesus comes to him and is like, this one's mine. Hey, we shouldn't do that anymore. And he gives him, he's like, you want more knowledge? And, and to me, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think of the, you know, group of knowledge <laughs> we weren't supposed to, you know, knowledge of good and evil. To me, that's, you know. To me, it's psychedelics, you know, because same thing happened to me as what happened to that guy. Um, you know, we're wanting more knowledge, and he's kind of like, I'll give it to you, but in a taste enough for you to know that you don't want it. You can't handle it at this stage of your being. So, yeah, man, don't do it. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. And I know so many lost young people right now, um, and older people, it's not just the youth that are, looking at these things to connect with God. I'm telling you, he wants to connect with you, and he's there, and it's not with that. It's just not. Yeah, yeah it's way simpler than people make it. Oh, my gosh. It, yeah. it, but the problem is that the evil and the devil mm -hmm. deceive us just as he did with Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. So. Absolutely. Well, great testimony. <laughs> um, is there anything you want to say to, to the people that are listening that you could give your one yeah. one thing you want to say one to somebody. Thing. Oh my gosh, I don't want to be, you know, cliche and God loves you, <laughs> but really um 
oh my gosh, Jesus is real. It's absolutely real. As real as you and me, you know, he wants to have a relation with you. He wouldn't have become human like us, um, you know, fully God, but fully man um, and died for us. So we could be in fellowship with him, with, with God again, um, if he didn't love us and want to communicate with us like that. Um, he's absolutely real. And I would say if you are feeling this tug in your heart this curiosity about god and get to know god you would not feel that unless he was tugging at you it's just you can't have a wanting for him without him wanting you and kind of drawing you close to him but again god is love and i mean real love pure love does not scare you into loving him it doesn't scare you into staying um he's not gonna make you love him and so he's he's starting that conversation he's opening that door for you and if you seek him in earnest you know one-on-one or through friends that you you know you know they're believers and you want to talk with them more um about who god is if you seek him in earnest he loves you he'll meet you where you are don't be afraid or feel like there's any wrong way to go about it i mean the only wrong way to go about it don't do it with psychedelics hello you know (laughs) but yeah He's there. If you want to communicate with him, just go for it. Great. Um, and as always, everybody that comes on the show, we ask them to do a closing prayer. Oh, sure. I'd love to. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's do it. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for opportunities like this. Thank you for the technology, for the means to get to not only have conversations like this and record them, but to share them. Um, with people and so they can experience you wherever they are in whatever setting that they're comfortable with um, whether they want to get together with friends or if this is a journey that they're starting by their self you know that they're about to step into their wilderness I, I pray that these words um, that this testimony um, this e- example of what friendship in Christ is like I pray that it has um, you know reached the ears to hear um, and open hearts that are willing to um, receive this and to you know I, I pray that it plants some seeds um, and if anything I pray that it helps people know who you truly are not any um, you know it will come what they are rumors about who you are um, or you know any heartache that's been caused and in, in, in a false a falseness of who you are um, we pray that hearts are healed we pray that people are encouraged and that they um seek you and get to know you for who you truly are and so you can show them who they're meant to be i love you so much i thank you for this opportunity and in jesus name amen amen and that brings us to our announcements if you'd like to come on our show or be a special guest you can reach out to us at liftupnations at gmail.com or call us at 302-313-6190 or if you'd like to come on and do a testimony or live baptism in Lewis Beach, you can reach us at liftupnations at gmail.com or call us at 302-313-6190. And that being said, God bless. God bless.